Welcome, boils and ghouls. It's time to get weird in the valley with the Fright Stuff podcast. Join best fiends and film fanatics, Rob and Lori, as they forge a fearful discourse on what's fresh in the horror community, as well as curious, odd, and unusual local activity, paranormal and otherwise. Now, here are your ghost hosts, serving up your fix of the Fright Stuff. Hi, how's Hello. it going? It's going pretty well. Awesome. Welcome, so, welcome. zombies today. Yes, the Z word. I, uh, I, it's definitely a subject that I, I love. I, I'd, I'd say probably zombies are one of my favorite, like, oh yeah, especially in books. More, more than anything or not, some of my favorite books have been zombie related. See, that's really good to know because as much as I love and appreciate the the zombie subculture or subgenre whatever you want to call it i i found just kind of in going through everything i wanted to talk about this week not my favorite but not that i dislike it in any way but like it's it's maybe fourth or fifth down maybe oh i see that yeah that makes sense i don't know but it just seems so i think a lot of times i don't i don't know why but i don't really always even put it in horror which is weird I, I think see it's that. been so normalized, I guess, right? Like it, in pop culture, maybe. Definitely. Over I, the years. 100%. I think they've definitely been overdone, um, especially yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was a lot of saturation there for a while. Um, and one of the things that you keep hearing for people who actually don't like the, the zombie kind of culture is that it's overdone. And yeah. that there needs to be a new fresh you know, kind of outtake on it, but I, I know that there are some things, and you and I, um, I think we both saw, I always want to say Eat, Pray, Love, and that's not right. Um, no, it's not Eat, Pray, Love. I know, it's... Uh, it's, it's Eat, eat Brains, eat, Love. Eat, Brains, Love. See, such a subtle difference, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, there have been some kind of fresh takes, but anyhow, we can uh, we can discuss all of that. Yeah, no, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, for, for me, zombies are pretty much the only real type of movie that'll scare me anyway. Really? They're they're the only thing and what I mean by that not jump scares. That's not fair right. because I think that scares everybody. That does scare everybody, which I that's why I find that to be incredibly unfair, but yes. But genuine tension and just um like nightmares and stuff like that, it's all zombie for me. Always really? has been. No way. It's it just always these has are, been. These me. are good things to know. For for me it's it's the fact that it's uh it's mindless evil. I guess for me when you look at like vampires and werewolves, um, as someone else was talking uh, about it, and I, I read it to him, and it's interesting. It's like you have to go searching out for like vampires. I mean, yes, it, vampires for the most part don't like infest a town, with the exception of Thirty Days and Thirty Nights. Um, it you know it's like a singular vampire, and they get rooted out. There's always a hero and stuff like that, right. but they also think they're smart. Um, you know, werewolves, a silver bullet, you know, gets it and stuff like that. But zombies, there's no. There's no thought pattern. It's right. a virus, and it's it just spreads, especially with what's been going on lately. Um, it it just seems the most plausible of all. It for as fantastical as zombies are, <laughs> even the CDC has a joke yes site that talks about I'm, what to do during a zombie I'm outbreak. I'm so glad you brought that up because you know we've been looking to the CDC a lot lately, right? For very very vital information. I love that they have enough of a sense of humor 
that somebody was like, you know what? We need to do this. And <laughs> and there actually are um, funguses in in the world that actually can do things similar. I don't know if you've heard about it. There's a certain fungus that can infect mice. Yes. That forces them to actually go near cats to get eaten so that the fungus can propagate yes. in the cat's intestine. Isn't that- and there, there's a, there's another thing with um, a thing that invade. It's a smaller creature that invades wasps, I believe. Yeah, I know. And not. it just takes them over. And I'm not sure about you, but I don't like to think about any wasp not having his senses about him because I don't want to get stung <laughs> ever. But yeah, um, yeah, I've even watched videos of what these things do, and they they basically you can see things moving under their. They're they're essentially dead, mm-hmm. but they're just completely taken over by these things. Yep. And that, you know what, that is kind of horrifying. And you've got, you know, yeah. animals, they get rabies and things like that. Yeah. So there are viruses out there that can really kind of screw with, you know, with people and animals and stuff like that. And to me, that's why, of, of all the monsters, zombies seem like the most, that, that could actually happen. Now, the George Romero stuff, not that scared of. Um, now, but <laughs> they is don't that, move is that because though is that because though of the kind of the different pace of the time and the different? No, is so, it because it's black and white, Rob? No, it's not. Um, because <laughs> actually, George Romero had some amazing films about right. zombies, and he needs to be focused on. I mean, that you could spend a year talking about all of his movies and all the other stuff that he did, but his zombies don't move fast. Mm-mm. Now, eventually, he did get smart zombies, which was different. Like in Land of the Dead and Day of the Dead, he introduced the idea that they have intelligence. Yes, which that can was make new. them Yeah, which was, was newer, and that could make them scarier. But in the, in the remake of the original Night of the Living Dead, the main character, Barbara, said it best. You could just walk by them. Just yeah. walk by them, and it's fine. They're not scary to me because they wouldn't really that type of zombie really wouldn't be able to take over the world it just wouldn't it moves too slow mm-hmm. it they were always easily recognizable i mean it was a clown it was a clown walking around really slowly that had a big bite mark out of its face you kind of knew it wasn't until for me dawn of the dead the dawn of the dead remake with Zack snyder that introduced fast zombies as well as 28 days later that made me think uh-oh um, <laughs> because when yeah. you had zombies that could move fast with you know, pure adrenaline and not have to slow down at all, then you're, you're screwed. There's nothing you could do. So basically the zombie ta- the zombie kind of creature takes all of the worst things and puts them into one body. Like mm-hmm. speed, no remorse, no thought process whatsoever. Just eat, kill... Yeah, propagate. Brains, whatever, yeah. And exactly. there's no there's no self um um uh, how do how do I put it? They don't have any type of self preservation thought process. So it's not like you can intimidate them. You right. can't scare a zombie. No. In they, the first night of the living dead, you could. When they were waving fire at the zombies, they would freak out and go, Oh and back up. But, but after that, no, there there's no fear. So you're, you're dealing with something that you can't reason with and you can't do anything to really stop other than potentially shooting them in the head until you had other films like Return to the Living Dead that even said, okay, at that point, no, that's the ultimate fear. But I'm interested in kind of your take. Why do you put them kind of lower? So 
I mean, I, I've always had this issue, and it's kind of crazy for a person who loves horror in general as much as I do. I am always kind of, I'm going to use a druggy reference, kind of chasing the dragon mm -hmm. in horror. I want to find the one thing that really, really gets under my skin and really, really freaks me out. Um, zombies just for me are kind of, I mean, I think it's like you said, like there's, I'm going to be very general here because I know there are fast zombies and I know there are slow zombies, but in general, you think zombie, you think kind of, you know, limbs hanging off and they're kind of slow. They don't really think you, you kind of have to get their attention because they're not going to be, they're just sure. rambling around, whatever. Um, and I feel like just as far as like my own safety goes I feel like I would be smart enough I, I would hope I mean I'm probably giving myself way more credit than I need to but I feel like I could kind of you know like you said you just move around or walk by or whatever yep um now there's the element of surprise or the herds like a, that was one thing that I think that the Walking Dead TV show did really well the very first time you see Rick in the middle of Atlanta in that herd. He's on the horse. Yep. Doesn't make you feel any better about the situation, but he ends up in the middle of this herd. That to me, I have an anxiety anyhow about large crowds, mm -hmm. whether they're zombies or not. So that like put my hackles up a bit and I was just like, oh jeez, you know. <laughs> so I'm not saying that there's not a possibility, but I just I don't know. I mean I enjoy I enjoy films. I've read some some books about zombies. Um, listen to you know like World War Z and, and stuff like that. Some of the more popular ones and some more obscure ones, but not many. Um, and it's just something that I enjoy, but kind of like kaiju. Like sure. it's, I know it's there, and I'll watch it and I enjoy it, but it's just not my absolute favorite. Like I don't really know. You know, I mean, aesthetically, I like them. And I guess I spend a lot of time, too, wondering, like, in my head, the whole time I'm watching it happen, or I'm watching a film or whatever, and I'm thinking, you know, okay, bodies decompose. Is there something about, uh, air quotes, zombie that holds them together a little longer? Because you could really only be a zombie for so long before, you know, you just basically rotted out of it. Was right. What I, but, I mean, it just seems like... That never comes up. I mean, for obvious reasons, it would make for a really shitty film premise if they just kept rotting and, you know, okay. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Right. So Return of the Living Dead had that. Like, the, the characters were still rotting. And one of the um, best uh, uh, zombie comedies, if you haven't ever seen it, My Boyfriend's Back. Um, have you seen that one? Maybe. That so that's kind a, of familiar. It's a super cute movie. Uh, we're basically a, um, a guy who's in love with the prom queen, basically. Um, dies trying to save her life, but it was a mistake. He wasn't supposed to die. So he gets sent back as a zombie, and he is rotting, um, but he only doesn't rot when he eats people. So it's kind of a... Uh, oh. But it's a cute, it's a cute and story. And see, maybe, maybe that's just a thing I didn't know. Maybe that's across all of zombiedom. Maybe, like, the more they feed, they're able to hold on a little longer. Um, Some of them. And I don't normally think that hard. Like, I don't... Right. I mean, these aren't movies that we watch because we want to think hard, right? None of this. That right? is very genre. true. So um, it's not like I sit around going, wow, the zombie, you know, he's <laughs> obviously rotting. I don't do that, but I'm just saying, I just feel like... 
because I want to find the thing that bothers me or scares me or gets in my craw and I can't let it go, it's never going to be zombies for me. That's ever. fine. Doesn't mean I dislike it. I love watching, you know, pretty sure. much whatever. I'm, I'm into it. It's just, I don't know, maybe that's it. So I, I, I think you're, you're onto something. So Zack Snyder, who did Dawn of the, Dawn of the Dead, um, took that same approach. And if you actually, when, um, have you seen that movie? No. Okay, so I, one, I, I need to. It's one of the best zombie movies ever made, and I and I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, not just for the fact that he actually used actors um, and actresses that had uh, like they were amputees or Ooh, or paraplegics so and stuff. So definitely a little more realism. There. Oh yeah, oh, like he cool. had like this one guy was a runner, but he was missing an arm, and he's like, okay, that's my zombie. Um, so it was pretty cool that he was you know getting disabled actors in there and stuff like that. Yeah, that but cool. also. Um, as the movie progresses, um, and it's over a period of about 30 days, the zombies actually decay. Oh, Every wow. time you see, you see them, they're getting grosser, they're starting to fall apart, they're not as fast. Um, so he, he kind of, he goes into that realism too. Good. There's the other uh, part, and we'll talk a little bit about Max Brooks, because you do not like his book. That is true. Um, have you read his first book, The Zombie Survival Guide? No, but I've heard good things about it. So he talks about um, uh, basically, and I've, I've was got that first. It was first. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that that shocked me for a minute there. Yes. Okay. The Zombie That's... Survival Guide was a satire, and I have three copies in my house. <laughs> oh wow! I do love that book, um, but it, it is a very serious, faux scientific take. And he talks about that the actual virus that I think is called Sonambulum or something like that, which makes sense. Sonambulism, kind of. Yeah, something like okay. that. Um, it, it actually, um, it, uh, naturally, um, causes animals to kind of fear it, including bacteria. They shy away from it. So the zombies take a lot longer to decay because the bacteria that would normally break down a human body doesn't go on the zombies. Well, hell. So he, he thought about that too. So people nowadays are thinking, okay, you'd have, cause you're right. You'd have to think about that. Why do they do that? Um, you've had other people that talk about, okay, a zombie wouldn't work because blood and stuff like that would need to pump in order to move muscles. If they're not pumping, they wouldn't be able to move. So that's why you have things like 28 Days Later, where the zombies aren't dead, they're alive, they're just basically rabid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, I was going to say that was more like a disease. Yeah, so well. people are really trying to think of like, okay, like all these directors and writers, all right, let's make this more and more believable, which is terrible for me because it just makes it more and more possible. When they think about like all this stuff, <laughs> you're like, like no. yeah, I don't. I was like, I don't want to see this. No, no, I, I, I give me, give me the fantastical. Um, but you had talked a little earlier um, outside of the conversation, mm -hmm. and spoiler alert, we actually talk outside of the podcast. Um, so you had some history on kind of like the zombie culture and stuff. Yes, I, you know, as always, kind of wanted to go to kind of the earlier not necessarily film, you know, mm -hmm. zombie situation. Um, so zombie history is very kind of deep and gets a little dark. Um, I'm just going to be brief because I don't want to be like Betty bring down, you know, because mm -hmm. it is, it's pretty, it's pretty, um, it was pretty relentless. The more I read, the more I kind of felt like, wow, this is, this is some deep shit right here. Um, but basically, um, Early origins for 
any any mention of and they may not have called it zombification or zombies or whatever but basically what we're gonna call zombies um, would be like the early 17th century in Haiti mm -hmm. um, and you know when when we say that or at least when I hear that I always think like you know voodoo and witch doctors and chickens feet and you know doves blood and whatnot and, and all of that does actually play into it um, but so West African slaves were brought to Haiti to work the sugar plantations. Mm -hmm. And um, they basically were, it, it was slavery, but it was, it was, it was brutal, man. I read some, some accounts and it's just, I won't even, like I said, I don't even really want to get into it, but it was brutal. That was, it was no kind of life to live. I mean, no slavery was good slavery. I'm not saying that there was a good slavery versus a bad slavery, but... Yeah. The sugar plantations, they basically robbed these people of like all of their, just their personalities. They, they truly wanted somebody who would work and that was about it. They didn't want any, you know, talk, any chatter, any personality. They were slaves and basically they started to think of themselves as like what we would think of as a zombie that they felt kind of you know, they, they felt empty. They felt kind of mindless. They basically just kind of shuffled around, did what they were supposed to do. They didn't talk. There wasn't any joy in their lives. Um, sad. It, it, it was so sad and so brutal. Um, it turns out that, you know, when these, when these folks passed on, they viewed the afterlife as like the ultimate kind of green, basically kind of like Eden, but they, they, you know, their souls, they would go back to Africa and they would just live out, you know, eternity in this wonderful, lush, basically, you know, utopian society where they just, everything was gorgeous and they were, you know, free to do whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. So zombieism was used as kind of a detractor, you know, suicide, you'd think that suicide rates would be pretty high. They're in this really horrible situation, right. but that was somehow turned around where that if they did they believe that if they killed themselves they wouldn't be allowed to continue on to this you know wonderful afterlife they would just basically be enslaved for eternity so i mean that wow. part i thought was kind of interesting but that even in and of itself is super sad right like i mean these people are so miserable they not that you should kill yourself but that wasn't even an option for them death natural death was but they they just were you know they were going to be enslaved basically for life um and so, like, when I started reading about this, I was like, well, how does this even play into, like, you know, the zombies that we hear about and we think about? Because that's, like, a more of a religious theme, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of how it started. Um, that's when you get into, kind of, you start reading about voodoo. And that right. was kind of a religion that was, um, it was brought to Haiti, the Caribbean, the American South, basically, from West Africa. Um, and it was kind of mixed in with Christianity too, right? Like, wasn't it like a combination of like... It probably was later, I would imagine, once, you know, because the Christians were always trying to, you right. know, turn people, whatever. But so, so probably at some point, but this was more of a very, very spiritual, very kind of, um, you know, they would make poultices and potions and stuff like that. I don't know what you want to call that kind of a thing so mm -hmm. it was it was a it was a religion but it was also kind of a witchy kind of thing maybe sure. we'll just use that um their witch doctors were called bokors Bo bokor 
I'm really not good at pronouncing things, but we're <laughs> gonna go with Bokor. Um, and so you'll hear when you start when you start researching um, zombie history, you'll hear a name come up time and time again. Um, there was a man in the early 60s by the name of Clarius Narcisse. And you hear his name come up in pretty much anything. I want to say that he is the dude that the movie Serpent in the Rainbow, which was also a book, it, where that kind of originated. It's or great Bill, Bill Pullman movie. Bill, Bill Pullman, yes. And I would actually really like to read that book. I think the book would be really good. The dude who wrote it is apparently... Um, and it was based on a true story, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, it was, like, he learned about this guy. And he was, I forget where he went to school, but he decided he wanted to do some research on this guy. So this Clarvius Narcisse dude was um, a Haitian. Mm -hmm. And he, one night, I, I forget how old he was, but this was in 19, or, hold on, I wrote it down here. Hold on. I'm going to turn a page that's going to make a noise. Okay. <laughs> 1962. Clarvius goes to the hospital, having some trouble breathing, just not feeling good, ends up dying. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Just passes away. Um, friends and family are notified. He's buried. Done. In Doesn't the ground. sound like the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. Yes. In the ground. Um, actually, he was in a coma for a while, so they were like, oh, this is really sad. We hope he pulls through. He didn't pull through. He died. Buried him. Done. Um, 18 years later... A man who looked very much like Clairvius Narcisse shows up in a open air market in Haiti and he walks up to a woman named Angelina and he says, Hey, I'm Clairvius, your brother. But he used a nickname that he used when they were kids. It's not something mm -hmm. that just anybody would have right. known. He's like, Hey, it's me. And I don't know what the nickname was, but you know, Bubby, whatever. I don't know. And at first she's just kind of like, whatever, dude, leave me alone. And he's like, no, no, you know, I'm, I'm your brother. And then she starts, you know, flipping the fuck out. She's, she freaks out a little bit. Which um, would be a normal reaction. Normal for reaction. Dead if that brother. wasn't your normal reaction, then you got some problems. <laughs> um, so basically, you know, it, it, the story continues that, you know, she somehow calms down. And she's like, okay, you're obviously my brother. It had been 18 years. There are reasons why, which I will get into. Um, he's taken to a doctor. He's other friends and family visit. Turns out they're pretty sure that this is his dude. So he starts to tell this story that sounds completely crazy. He says, look, you know, 18 years ago, I went to the hospital. Didn't feel good. Everybody thought I was dead. I wasn't dead. He's like, I remember the whole thing. He's like, I couldn't talk and I couldn't move, but I remember the whole thing. I was alive, but basically dead for all intents and purposes. Right. Um, he was buried. And then the Bocor's job in the voodoo kind of uh, reality, mm -hmm. the Bocor's job is he's to bring these zombies, air quote zombies back to life. So, I'm going to skip ahead, but I'm not going to do that. Bokor goes, digs him up, brings him back to life, which entails some potions and puppy dogs tails and snails and whatnot, just all the shit that he gives them and brings him back to life. And then he is sold off to a faraway plantation to be a slave for the next two years. Now, the whole time Clarvius is not able to kind of think, 
he's he's aware but he's not able to kind of like he's not he's not moving real fast and he's basically just kind of like in a stupor like right. he's aware enough but can't really do things on his own you know mm -hmm. kind of impaired um after two years the bokor dies all right so he's this bokor dies um uh Clarivius is essentially freed at this point um now you know you might be wondering there was an 18 year lapse this is two years into it what about the other 16 years right well it turns out because clarivius was basically awake enough he knew that the reason that he had been turned into a zombie in the first place is because a brother paid like his legit brother paid oh. this bokor to poison him to, to cause the zombification over some kind of a like family land squabble or something apparently Clarvius never had children and he was kind of a ladies man and he had like baby baby mamas all over the place and right. but he didn't take care of any of them and when the parents died and left the land I think he was the oldest and he 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 acquired the land but he wasn't willing to share it with his brothers and sisters which is right which you're supposed to do and he just wasn't having it so one of his brothers was like all right i'll show you paid to have this happen so he had to wait till that brother died before he could come back to haiti to find the rest of his family which is what he did um people started hearing about a story you know and then serpent in the rainbow is basically the kind of the the not the history the uh what's the word i'm looking for study i guess of his story mm -hmm. to see if there's any validity they think that there's a toxin used um i think it's derived from puffer fish and a few other marine animals um i forget what it's called they think that they use that along with maybe some plants and things to just make this really potent like in tiny little doses it just kind of makes you high and stupid but in higher doses put you into a coma basically you 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 your body stops working right so you know long enough or well enough that people think you're dead and then you can be revived with other potions and, and whatnot but. and and i remember the the for for people who haven't watched serpent in the rainbow the whole point of bill pullman's character going down there is it's these people looking for basically a new drug for anesthesia yes and they're thinking oh my gosh mm -hmm. this might be a wonder drug that you know simple to produce and stuff and it took him a long time to convince one of these vocors to give him a legit because he kept being given fake shit because he was a white man and, right. and they they saw him for what he was and they were like you know we're not going to share this with you so they would just like put together some <laughs> scoop up some dirt and whatever right. and here's some pebbles and there you go and he knew he was like no 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 he's like i want what you're giving these people and he finally gained the trust of one of them and got it but i don't know what ended up happening that's why i want to read the book because i want to find out exactly obviously we're not all walking around you know taking powders for we're gonna find out it's like viagra or something it nowadays. yeah <laughs> i know right something crazy but um so yeah i thought that was pretty cool real life zombie whether you believe it or not but i mean the dude's still i don't know i, I he's not still he can't be still alive i guess but um i would imagine not i know right that that Unless he's a real zombie. I know. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of interesting, and that was um, that dude's name comes up a lot. So, where did you uh, in your kind of research did you see where 
it became basically something for the big screen. Kind of pop culture, yes. So, and and the name of the film really kind of has a lot to do with this. White Zombie in 1932 with Mm -hmm. Bela Lugosi, which I think we touched on a little bit last time with the Universal Monsters. Apparently, um, Bela Lugosi's character plays a white uh, sugarcane plantation owner who is trying to figure out a way to basically make these slaves to work for him. So I think he's trying to figure out the I don't know, the, the magical voodoo powder mm-hmm. shit. Um, and I think that's kind of where it started, but I've never seen that film, but it's my understanding that he doesn't care. White Zombie is, he's just pulling anybody. He doesn't care if it's white mm-hmm. people, color, right. people of color, whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've not seen that film. Have you seen it? I, I haven't. I've seen... Uh, I, I saw it mentioned in Ed Wood, because didn't they get the person who was in White Zombie? Like, the actual actor was, like, in a couple of Ed Wood films, I think. Oh, maybe. Because it's a, it's a big, hulking guy. Oh, Tor? Who's, like, bald. Tor, yeah. I think Tor. so. I think uh, he was... Tor Johnson. Yeah, yes. I think he was in White Zombie. I might be wrong. Oh. Um, well, so I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, I, I didn't... I, I really want to, there's so many movies I want to watch, but I'm finding, you know, now that I have like an actual job, I just don't make time for movies as much as I used to. But I might be misremembering and thinking that he might have just been a zombie from Plan, Plan uh, 9 from Outer Space. He might have just been the zombie in that. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. wrong. But hey. No, he was in Plan 9 because everybody yeah. that Ed Wood knew was in Plan 9. Right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Pretty much anyone he knew, ever. But I, I, I kind of know that the zombies really didn't, at least from when I, I'm not from the research that I had. I mean, it was pretty much George Romero that yeah, made the modern day. I say modern day, the the '60s and '70s versions of, and, and of the zombies. That's pretty much where it starts for everybody. I mean, even if you had seen White Zombie or you were aware of it, it wasn't quite what anybody thought of. And, I mean, think about it. That was 19, what, 1932 to 1968? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously nobody cared for 30-some right. years. They were just like, whatever, zombies, who cares? But it wasn't that big of a draw for people where they were making, you know, zombie movies hand over fist. And I would love to know if George Romero was a fan of White Zombie or if he, do you know what I mean, like if that played into it at all? I don't know. So I know that he, he used zombies as a kind of a metaphor for things like consumerism or just, uh, you know, basically, you know, just mass psychosis and Mm -hmm. things like that. Every one of his movies, even though they were all about zombies, he was focusing on different aspects. I can't remember what the first one was about. I remember that Dawn of the Dead was all about consumerism because it's all the... That's the one in the mall, right? Yeah. And then Day of the Dead was kind of all about kind of like the military and things like that. He was focusing on that. Land of the Dead, you know, um, you know, he started doing that. And then he finishes it off, effectively finishes it off, with Diary and Survival of the Dead, which Diary of the Dead came first, and that was an actual great movie. It's a found, it, it looks like a found footage film. That's how he, he, he did it. Um, it, it really works. You know, all, all these kids, basically, um, you know, they're caught in the middle of the zombie outbreak. They get basically screwed over by the military who robs them, steals all their weapons and everything, Lord. Um, all their food and everything, um, and they have to basically fend for themselves. Survival of the Dead is a terrible, terrible <laughs> zombie movie. 
Um, and apparently it was not supposed to be the, the last movie that George Romero made on the zombie film. There's actually another movie that they're trying to make. His wife and I think his foundation are trying oh. to finish this, this script that he had wrote. Um, and I think it's called Twilight of the Dead. I might be wrong on that title. Are they going to be sparkly like the vampires? I don't think so. I think it's supposed <laughs> to be the idea. I, I might be wrong on the title, but I think the, the, the whole idea is it's supposed to be basically the end. Like, yeah, this Twilight. Is, like the, this is the, the whole thing. The yeah. yeah, okay. Um, which kind of makes sense, you know, Dawn, all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, Survival is terrible. And that was all about them trying to uh, train zombies to eat other stuff. Oh. Like, if you could get them to eat horses or cows and stuff, right. then they wouldn't eat people, and then who cares? Um, but he does all these movies and stuff, but it's interesting, because he was on record as saying how much he hated the newer movies that dealt with fast zombies. Um, and he basically went on record as like, this, these aren't scary. Like, it's, it's different. They're, they're just fast-moving people. Which is funny, because he did The Crazies, which is effectively a fast-moving fast zombie movie. Right. But he um, called them crazies, though. He did call them crazies. But right. that, to me, was great. He also had movies like uh, Rabid right. uh, came out, um, which is effectively a zombie, kind of like zombie vampire kind of yeah, thing. He's always like right on the cusp there, even if he's doing something a little different with it, because I guess those are just more like what we were talking about earlier with it's uh, like an illness or a yeah. virus or something like that. And and Cronenberg did Rabid, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But that's almost seemed to me like a love letter to, to Romero. Like, oh, hey, yeah, you did absolutely. something great. I'm going to do something similar. Um, and The Crazies was such a great film. The remake was just as good, if not better. Uh, did you see the remake with Timoth- uh, Timothy Oliphant? The remake of... The Crazies. The Crazies. I think that I have one of them, but I haven't watched it yet. I got it in a, in a lot of different movies mm-hmm. and I, uh, it's it probably was the new one. It's pretty fun. Uh, the original crazies was, was good. Um, the remake, they just added fun to it, which I know was not Romero's Timothy point. Oliphant's my boyfriend, just so you know that. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's really good in it. Yeah. Um, I learned that in uh, Mandalorian. Yes. I was like, yes, he's my he's my boy. He's he's a great actor, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's the kind of thing because I love the the evolution of the zombie films because everyone basically they were stuck on the whole Romero idea. You had um, did you hear about uh, how Return of the Living Dead came about? I don't know, maybe. So the producers of Night of the Living Dead and Romero had a split. The reason why it's Night of the Living Dead and then Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and not Dawn of the Living Dead and Day of the Living Dead oh. is because they kept the title of The Living Dead. And they wanted to do a sequel, and Romero's like, no, I'm not doing a comedy sequel. If I'm going to do a sequel, it's going to be on my terms. And they're like, well, screw it. We're doing it. So Return of the Living Dead was the producer's sequel to Night of the Living Dead explaining how the zombies came about, um, which is weird because you look at the movie and it's completely different. It's a horror comedy. How does that all play into the fact that he forgot to um, copyright the film? (laughs) I don't know. I think it's the fact that that it was the original producers too. I think they all kind of like shared, I guess. Uh Because it was also an independent film. His his first movie was independent. Right. So I'm sure they had, you know, some kind of... But I mean, if there wasn't, there's no ownership. That's been, you know... Right. 
it's just out there. Yeah, and well now so it's um now it's uh I think Night of the Living Dead's actually uh, public domain now, the original. It it has been for yeah, yeah for a very, well he never he forgot that was one like important part that he forgot to to do that do whatever legalese you need to take care of. Right. It never happens. So that's why everybody jokes around like if you're watching a horror movie and there's a horror movie playing in the background, Almost always. It's not a little bit. Because you don't have to pay for it. So that's probably how all that happens. So somebody who was a part of it, they, they had this split with Romero, and they're like, we're going to do our own movie. And they do this horror comedy that's really good for what it is. Right, but just not. But it's not. Right. And, it's, and they, they introduce the idea of, okay, we don't have stupid zombies. We have zombies that have all of their memories. They're just really, really hungry. Mm-hmm. And they introduced the whole eating brains thing. Because Romero wasn't about right. brains That didn't or anything. come until later. Right. That came to Return of the Living Dead where they were just like, okay, we're going to focus on that. They want to eat brains. That's what Although they're trying they to do Although they do for. eat some gnarly stuff. And I've they heard do. that the things that they made those poor people eat sounds so disgusting. Yeah, like, like tripe. And... Yes. And, and it had been out while they were filming. And apparently oh. it smelled horrible. And, and to get the real... I mean, in a black and white movie... That stuff just looks dire. It it just looks it does. so gross. The you can almost smell it when you're just looking at ugh, the TV. Yeah, it's, so, it's a nar- the the best thing about Night of the Living Dead is the makeup was. I mean, the makeup was fantastic. Oh, it's great. It's super creepy. Right. Yeah, they did and, a good job. And the and the remake, the Tom Savini remake, where he remakes the first, you know, remakes the first movie. He he stuck to that whole. We're gonna make some really cool makeup, and he does. He did some amazing stuff with makeup in that film. Um, Tony Todd was was great in it, but just the the one guy walking, but he's in the suit. He's basically in the suit because he came out just out of the ground, so the back half's like completely gone, and you just see like his butt <laughs> walking and stuff like that. But see, the thing I is, that. but that's realistic because right. that's what they would do. So you have all the you have all these people who are like building on ro- what Romero did, and then we come to okay, now we're gonna change it up, which is in the the late '90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. There wasn't right. a whole lot in the nineties. No, later. No, not really. Like zombies, kind of they kind of faded away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had movies like Dawn of the Dead and Twenty Eight Days Later, and they're like, yeah. "All right, we're gonna we're gonna redo this." And as soon as they did those movies, the next twenty years, it was a zombie film every zombie palooza every month. I mean, there have yep. been films. Zombie strippers is a film, yeah. and if you haven't seen that movie, zombie first. Uh, yeah, Zombie Beavers, which actually, all right, so here's the thing. Zombie Strippers wasn't terrible. It was dumb, but it wasn't terrible. Zombie Beavers okay, actually was fun. I had a lot of fun watching that movie. Zombie Have oh, you I seen it? About, I think I started it, and I was just like, yeah, I'm not, you have to be in the right headspace for a film called Zombie Beavers, and I just wasn't. They had, right? they had a movie called Flight of the Living Dead, which was pretty bad. It was basically snakes on a plane um, just with zombies. zombies. But it had the best line, and sorry for spoiler alerts, this movie's like 10 years old. One of the guys gets bitten by an older woman who's missing teeth, and he just says, oh my god, she's gumming me to death. (laughs) (laughs) And he's fine, because she can't actually bite him. Um, But yeah, so you you get all these movies and stuff, but for me, what was uh, the most fun was book series came out. Because you talked about The Walking Dead, the comic book that came out. Yes. Um, but you had Max Brooks, who wrote the Zombie Survival Guide, mm-hmm. just as a joke. I mean, his his dad's Mel Brooks, his mom's right. Anne so, Bancroft. He's trying to do this funny thing, and he does the most serious, and I, and I mean serious 
survival guide. Well, just some of the things you were telling me sounded like legit. Like, okay, oh, yeah, that makes no, sense, I, right? I, 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 like I said, I literally have a copy. I'll have to find it later. Oh, no, here it is. So it's not very big. And as you can see, it has been used. It has been used. So I know that if there's a zombie apocalypse, I need to call you. Well, that's the other thing. What do I do? It's so funny because it it goes into um, like myths and realities, their motivation, um, you know, what you're supposed to do, the best mode of transportation that you would want to use through cities. um, If you were trying to clean a house, how you would do that, all this stuff. He does this thing and it's just... It, it's just a it's, joke. It's a joke. But it's not as funny as he thought it was going to be, well, though, apparently. Right. People took it serious, and they're <laughs> like, this is this is good. This is what we would follow. Um, so he also does the, the next – he does a book, which is basically taking the survival guide and being like, okay, if we did have this whole mm-hmm. world war, what would it be like? And now you talked about the fact that you didn't like the book. Right. And I'm interested what your take on the book was. So I – Bought the book because I was super excited. I was like, oh, sweet. You know, this sounds legit. So I bought the book and I started to read it and I was like, you know, and I put it away. And probably like a year later, I I was probably the world's biggest Walking Dead fan when the show first came out. Mm-hmm. I think that the finest moments in television were probably like the first two seasons of The Walking Dead. Now, after that, you know, up and down for me. But the sure. first two seasons, I... You could not, there was not a social situation that would ever happen the night The Walking Dead was on that I would be like, I'm sorry, I have to go home and watch The Walking Dead because I I just had to, Mm -hmm. right? It just was something I could not miss. I loved it so much. So I wanted to give World War Z a try. I was like, it might be fine. I'll try it again. So I decided um, I'd try Audible. Mm -hmm. This is when I lived in a, I lived out in the middle of nowhere on a farm where I could walk for miles and not see other people. So I got an Audible book and I would go for walks and I would listen to it. And I guess I just didn't like the way that it was almost set up like interviewee or like yeah. conversationally. Like, um, I know they talked, there were a bunch of different people. Like there were mm-hmm. the military dudes or the, yep. the, I don't know. It just didn't do a thing for me. I don't even, that movie had nothing to do with that book. No, it did not. You cannot convince me otherwise. Because I was just like, what? Brad Pitt? No. No. What? I mean. The only movie my daughter will never want to rewatch. Really? She was terrified by that movie. I will say the visual of the fast zombies piling up on each other to get over that wall. The wave. Yeah. That was well done and very visually stunning. Like, I just was like. Oh, I mean, it just gives you the instant heebie-jeebies. Because like you said earlier, there's no, nothing is driving these zombies other than they're basically their hunger. Like, they, there's just no reasoning. Mm-hmm. And just to see them do that, like, kind of like insects do that. I mean, they just, yep. you know, oh, it was just so well done and so creepy. But other than that, I was just like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, the book wasn't hateful. Was that, now... There was another book I was trying to think of was World War Z was one of the solutions that they go someplace cold because, or was that the other book I'm thinking of? Um, well, no. So you're not, you're not wrong. Because so they, in, they freeze, basically. Yeah, basically. And, so uh, several different areas that you could go into because they freeze and they're also, um, uh, you know, heat can also kind of dry them up too. Okay. Uh, but yes. Any extreme. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to so, think of. I couldn't remember. So you're not wrong. 
Yeah. Um, in the in the the World War Z book, they talk about about fourteen million people that had survived the initial outbreak in the United States migrate past Canada, past the the yes, frozen. That's line. exactly what I was. Mo- to. Eleven of million of whom die of starvation because they didn't think. Now the interesting yes. thing is he thought about that because. Yeah, people wouldn't think. You know, they were bringing toasters. They were bringing all this stuff that they would need. But seeing the panics that we had during COVID. Oh, my God, right. Or even the gas shortage. Oh, that the whole two-day gas shortage? Yeah, the two-day gas shortage. Yeah, that Where was people crazy. were filling up barrels. The funniest thing is. Oh, my God. This is how people would act in a crisis. When COVID first came out, people were just like, no big deal. It's no big deal. Thousands of people are dying in other countries, and we're like, oh, well. Yeah. The funny thing is, the reason why I, I still love World War Z to this day, and I actually do listen to the entire audiobook probably about once a year. Oh, cool. I listened to it this past year, and I just the, just the beginning oh, parts, cool. and I'm like, wow, this is really how we would act. Where Because you've seen a little bit of it. You have. Yeah. Where people yeah. are, the, the, the government's completely downplaying it, saying it's a hoax, it's not real. They release a vaccine that's fake. Now, by the way, God, I would want to say sounds, this. That sounds so... It's eerie. Now, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I believe in the vaccine. I have the Pfizer vaccine. I'm very happy with the vaccine. Also vaccinated fully. Yes. But could I believe that the government would release a fake vaccine just to make us feel better about COVID? Could they? Yes. Did they? No. Right. But in a fantastical world, if there really was no way of getting around this to make people calm and just relax... I yeah, see you, man. I I can see people doing that, and with the way he writes how people reacted, it it is how we how especially now you did have the how we react. To see that that yeah. is that is true, and it is almost astonishingly eerie to think about it now with, with what we just went through. Right, that Which, was the closest that we have come to a zombie apocalypse. It was like the zombie, to, uh, zombie apocalypse light. Um, but to an apocalypse in general, I mean, they yeah. they initially, you know, forecasted that just by COVID alone, if we had done nothing, right, 3.5 million people in the United States would have been dead. Yeah. And that was with no, nothing. But that's just, that's all the hospitals filled up. That's not talking about all the other people that would have needed to go to the hospital and not be able to make I it. I know, like, right? Because the people weren't going for other illnesses because they were afraid. Which is ha- what's happening in India. Sorry for being a downer, but we yes. are talking about pandemics. And yes. Sorry. It had to come up. It did. It had to come up. Um, it's, it, it, it is just eerie. But you have other movies that are, that are fun zombie movies that aren't thinkers. And they're yes. just fun. Like Army of the Dead, which I just saw on Monday. Yes. And I was very happy to see that because it is, it? Oh, it's, it's fun. Okay. It's very fun. I will say this. Like Resident Evil, Army of the Dead does one thing that I don't understand, which is it has major plot holes that don't make sense. Why? And this is not, I'm not spoiling anything. Okay, good, Um, because I haven't seen it yet. No. But, of course, there's people in the government that are interested in studying the zombies, so of course they want to capture one. Sure. Waylon Yutani all over again. Yeah. Waylon Yutani did that in Alien. Yeah. Resident Evil, like, they, they created the virus and they were studying it. Why? <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely just asking. Why? Oh, we're going to make it so that we can make these, uh, the you know. The stand. Yeah, we're going to. The stand, yeah. It's, it's, 
Haven't you people learned anything? And it's, these movies are supposed to exist in our time. So you've seen the movies, you've read the books and there's like, oh, we're going to make armies to fight our adversaries. You're going to introduce zombie apocalypses everywhere else, especially after now. Like, Uh I hope if the government was trying to think about that, they would realize, you know what? We'd introduce it in another country and it would still get over here. Yes. So please don't. Um, so they have a little bit of that, and that's supposed to be a, a, when I say it's supposed to be a surprise plot point, but you know from the very beginning, that's exactly what it is. Because <laughs> um, the one thing about Army of the Dead, it's, like I said, fun movie, they have some great kills, they have, the, the way the zombies look and everything, very cool, the way they move is awesome. It's not a surprising movie. Right. It's, like, the plot points are boom, boom, they're just like, right. yeah, the, at the very beginning of the movie, his the guy's daughter's like, I'm going with you. And he's like, no, you're not. You know right. she's going. Like, it's not... I don't even know why they try that. Shocking. Right. Right. So, so Army of the Dead was fun, and they've had other movies. Like, you know, Walking Dead, I never found fun. I couldn't get past the first season. Really? Because it was so intense. Really? And so... And that's what I love So about. intense. That's... Because, see, that fit in with my thing I was trying to explain earlier that I need like a certain level of I guess intensity is a good word to use because it was now of course it lost some steam as time went on yeah but those first two seasons were just like because man that's when tv was still tv and you could get one episode a week <laughs> right there wasn't all the streaming business couldn't stream it I would just be beside myself when that show ended because I had to wait a week and it was just the worst thing ever. Yep. Um, and there was a short period of time where I couldn't watch until the next day. So I would be completely absent from all social media for a day because somebody would inevitably spoil it. You know? It's, it's oh, amazing. Man. That shows what? In its 11th year, it's its final season. But they've done two spinoffs. Mm-hmm. So Fear the Walking Dead and then some other like online show Maybe? or something. Um, I lost interest, I'd say, maybe two or three years ago. Let me guess, Negan? No. You know what the scene was that I just, I couldn't do it anymore? It was the scene where Rick and um, Michonne go to this abandoned carnival, and they're giggling like school children and having, like, their little first date thing. I was so upset after that episode that I just, I couldn't watch it anymore. It was so silly and so out of character for these two people. For them to fall in love, I was completely down with. I was like, that's amazing. That's great. You know, they've both been through all this shit. Sure. You know, Rick loses, they both lost, you know, their their loved ones and whatever. But for them to have, like, this little giggly plot where they, you know, they... And if you haven't seen that one, just don't. It was That's so okay. stupid. Oh my god. It. it was so disappointing the way that storyline was handled that I couldn't even make myself go any further. So that's really when I stopped watching. It's it's really interesting. So I've because I've kept up with this. So I've when I say I haven't watched it, I've still read all the stuff. Okay. I, I read all the comics. Um, okay. I would cheat. I would go into the bookstore and read the big omnibuses. And I would just sit there and I would just read through them. So I'm they, sorry, yeah, they're, Robert they're not... Kirkman. I never bought your stuff. <laughs> But I read it all for free. Well, you know what? <laughs> we have. My husband happens. It's one of the few things we agree on. And we have 
not the omnibus, but the the uh, the, the hard back, yeah. the, the larger ones. And we're up to number thirteen because I think there are fifteen of them. So we only have two more to buy, and we'll have the entire set, which is awesome. Yeah. So, so they uh they they when I say they so people talk about how the show really turned off a lot of fans and they noticed a lot of things when Negan was introduced which really sucks for Jeffrey Dean Morgan he was in the the comics too yeah but the introduction of Negan and how he was introduced apparently made the show seem hopeless because the 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 biggest problem of The Walking Dead it's never been the zombies no it's the the biggest the biggest hurdle are the people and and them trying to get along and I never understood that in some of the earlier episodes why you know they were in their little group and if some outsider came in, everybody freaked the fuck out. And there was like, I mean, the people were killing each other. And that always really bothered me until the show hit a certain point And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yep. It's, it isn't about the fear. Because they can deal with the zombies. They can, they can swing. They can hit them in the head. They can shoot them. It's the other people that they have to learn to live with. And that's, and that's the reason why I think Robert Kirkman hit the nail on their head. Yep. And so did Max Brooks. Because as we've seen... People really are the problem. And the non-trusting. I mean, how many of us didn't want people to come over because we didn't know if they had COVID or anything? Right. Or right. we didn't trust them, even our own family members yeah. and stuff like that. And we needed to. It was the smart thing to do. So imagine if you think they could be bitten. Yeah. And you don't, you don't know. Of course you're going to try to be, you know, you're going to think all about yourself. So, yeah, society really would crumble. But they have, there's so many other books out there. Um, one uh, author who I have to bring up is Mira Grant. Now that's that's a pseudonym, and I can't remember her real name. Okay. Um, but she did two book series. The first one was the Newsflesh series, which is awesome. So it's uh, it starts News with flesh? a book called yeah it's it starts <laughs> with a book called Feed. So it's about ten to twenty years after a fit and a zombie outbreak, which was caused by the combination of the cure for cancer and the cure for the common cold coming together they were two viruses made to kind of basically like fight off the cancer and cold right but when they joined it turned people into zombies but everybody in the world was infected and basically at any point you could just spontaneously turn into a zombie um so it didn't have to be a bite or anything it didn't have well if you got bitten by an infected person it advanced it faster okay or if you died it would advance it faster but anyway so it comes into kind of how the world would work and it basically talks about how bloggers and things like that become the new journalists they are officially recognized as journalists there are people that just focus on the news newsies there are people called Irwins named after Steve Irwin who want to do like the crikey they yeah. want to they want to study yeah they want to study they want to do like <laughs> I'm gonna go play with a crocodile so they're playing with them there are you know fantasy people that are just writing that stuff it's really cool oh. and it deals with this whole like conspiracy and stuff like that and it's three books feed uh deadline and blackout or it might be feed blackout and deadline mm-hmm. it's one of the two or one of the two different ways um and it's a great series um it's awesome she does great and then she decided okay i'm gonna do something a little different and i'm not just gonna do zombies she does the parasite trilogy which is all about tapeworms oh, that take oh, over that's people. freaky that's, that's freaky. even freakier yes yeah. um super freaky the way she writes uh, how kind of like the hordes work and things like that and how terrifying it is, those books really freak me out. <laughs> they really do. They're, I, I would say you should read them because they're great. I would not call them fun. They're, they're, they're terrifying. They're terrifying books. A really 
fun zombie movie or zombie book is written by Tim Wagoner, um, and that's called the Necropolis Trilogy. And it's about Matt Richter, who's basically in a parallel dimension full of like warlocks and, zo- and vampires and all this other stuff, and he's a zombie. He's rotting. He's a zombie. He is a okay. zombie. He's got he's got brains and everything, but he's rotting and he's dealing with having to like sew his arms back on and stuff like that. <laughs> and he's a that detective awesome. in this basically fantasy dark world called Necropolis. It's very funny. It's very fun. Um, it's it's a great series. And people got really mad because he ended his trilogy on a cliffhanger. And Tim Wagoner's done a ton of other books. The name sounds familiar. I haven't yeah. read a single one of them. Because he ended it on a, on a cliffhanger, and he never wanted to go back. He's like, I'm, I'm done with Matt Richter. I want to go do my other stuff. And he complains that a lot of his audience just asks him, please See, give us more. I get it as an artist. I get it, but that's not fair. You can't... Don't I mean, end it can, on a cliffhanger. you can't. You can't right. do that. Don't dude. end it on a cliffhanger. Um, Dean Koontz did it with the freaking Midnight Train trilogy. I don't know if you've ever read that, but it's about Christopher Snow. Um, it, separate no. thing, not about zombies, but he did two books out of the three, and he did those two books back in the 80s, and he's, he's never, never written completed. the third book. See, I'm still bitter about George R. R. Martin, so I... <laughs> you, you Darn it, authors! No idea, you have no idea how bitter I am, because that man is not getting any younger, and I'm still waiting. Yep. I am still waiting. There's another really fun series that actually, the phone that's recording us is sitting on top of this book. It is. Um, it's called Monster Island. It's actually several books. They're very, as you can see, it's very thin. Um, this one's about, you know, zombie outbreaks, all this other stuff. But one person, um, just by chance, is able to retain their memories through the transition. They basically are on oxygen and it keeps oh. enough oxygen to their brain enough so that when they die and come back, their brain was never deprived of oxygen, so they're not stupid. And uh, it's pretty gross. With the, it, it, it's, it's gross. Um, it's funny, but it's, it's very gross how they describe this guy. Because <laughs> um, the more he eats, the fatter he gets. And he, so imagine a... Like gi- with blood, though, and like guts and gore? Yeah, so imagine like Ew. a gigantic fat man that's a rotting corpse... But like he's, it's barely so, being held together. One can only barely imagine, being trying to right? held together. He's got all of his faculties. He's trying to entice this one lady in order, order in order to smell better. He like dips himself in her formaldehyde so he doesn't stink. But he doesn't he doesn't can't smell anymore. So he doesn't get that he just smells like formaldehyde. It's it's written very funnily. <laughs> like I laugh when I read this book. Oh nice. Okay, so I think we've spent a good hour. Talking about zombies. zombies. I wasn't sure if I could talk about zombies for an hour, but here we are. So, what's going to be happening around here? Anything big going on? Um, you know, summer, and and this will actually be a summer, so I don't even really know. I'm so excited because last summer we were all holed up in, you know, our, our homes and didn't really have anything planned. I'm hoping this summer things will change. I mean, I'm personally not quite ready to, like, go to, like, some big, massive, like, you know, concert event. I am going yep. to the Mahoning Drive-In to see the Joe Bob Mutant Jamboree thing, whatever it is, for three days. But I feel like that's going to be I'm going by myself so I can space if I need to, if I get a little stressed out. Um, 
The only other thing I'm really looking forward to is there's been some buzz lately. Um, Psycho Cinema, we've been jonesing for a sleepover, mm-hmm. and I think we might be getting one, hopefully in October. So I'm, I, 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 I will ask this hoping that you haven't gotten any info. What do you imagine the, uh, the theme will be? Um, so we had what? We had we Hot had... and Slaughtered. Mm-hmm. We nice, had Monster nice, Mash. Nice to meet you. Yeah, so we had those three. So what's next? Um, you know, who knows? Knowing Faye, she she has the best and the worst job all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that she just kind of watches these movies in hopes that she gets like an inspiration. Um, I don't know. I would be down with absolutely anything. I am so looking forward <laughs> to another sleepover. Yep. They're like this weird personal challenge thing because I feel like... You know, I love to read, and I read at night, and I fall asleep in like two. I have like reading and narcolepsy. I fall asleep in like two seconds. So for me to last overnight in the theater watching these movies, I nodded off a couple times the last one, but nothing major. Uh, but it, but it was, and Faye has fully admitted this. It was almost kind of her fault a little bit for scheduling that kind of slow. Um, vampire movie it was a little slower dark. yeah it was just a little you know chill and it was it was like what four o'clock in the morning or something it, like that and it was i early i i did that was the one i didn't fall asleep at so i oh. i i nodded off at psycho beach party on the first one um because i had seen psycho beach party like five times so this was not new for me uh-huh. um my poor wife did not make it through like she She's like, she missed all of psycho beach party and most of devilfish <laughs> And see, um, I missed that sleepover, and I'm still very upset that I missed uh, the not the uninvited. What's it called? Oh, I know it's called the, uninvited. Uninvited, yeah. Um, I'm which super upset that I missed that. There are two movies called you, the uninvited. If you miss it, if you <laughs> ever feel like watching it, please come on over, okay. and I will watch it with you because I do love that movie so okay. much. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping. Because, I mean, if, if we did monsters, yeah. we did, like, you know, eating things. I'm, I, I know this sounds weird. I'm hoping for something stupid. Like, I'd love, like, su- stupid, hey, silly movies. after this year, that's exactly yeah. what we need. Yeah, just something. Absurd. Yeah, just, just like. Absurd, weird shit. Right, like. <gasps> even Ooh, the, wait. Greasy Strangler. <laughs> no, but you know what I just thought of? She just put up that little, um. The little eraser head baby. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe weird shit like that. Would that be too? I, I don't like want a David weird... Lynch weekend. I will say if no, she does says all David Lynch, I'll be like, Lynch. I'm not going. But I mean, eraser head. <laughs> I've never seen it because I just feel like I, I I've I've listened to enough podcasts and eraser head comes up and I know the premise of it and it sounds real dark. Not not the movie itself, but the reasoning right. behind why likely this movie was made. And I just ne- have never really felt like I needed to kind of get into that one. But, like, absurd stuff like that, or maybe, like you said, maybe some fun things, like like horror comedies or something, yeah, which, which like, there are millions of, you know? Just some kind of feel-good kind of shit, you know? I, 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 I agree that I think after this year, we could just use some, some fun and laughter. Um, I mean, I know... Hard ticket to Hawaii supposedly is going to be in September again. Yes. Um, Maybe that'll be her birthday movie because our fan and I share a birthday week. So I mean, I would, 
I I would go no matter when she shows it, and I I keep I tell people it's like you need to see Hard Ticket to Hawaii. It's so good. Um, and so good. So here's the thing, and this is this brings it up. Tomorrow, um, even though this podcast will get released later than that. So on this coming Saturday, I'm going over to a friend's house and I'm showing him Greasy Strangler. Now good for you, he disliked Hard Ticket to Hawaii. He was just like, "And eh, this is just kind of dumb." Oh. And I'm worried. But he also loves the room. So I'm like... Oh, well, that's tough. That's, yeah. That's and tough because like, that's, that's... Oh, boy. So I don't know if I've told you this story, and I'm hoping that I'm not repeating this at, on the recording, but when my husband and I were dating, um, his brother was in town. And his brother and I have very similar movie tastes, but my husband and I do not. And he's like, hey, why don't you see if... <laughs> Glenn wants to go to a movie with you. And I'm like, oh, that'd be awesome. Because I'm so used to going by myself. And I don't mind going by myself. You know, mm-hmm. I hang out with you or yeah. whoever. But I was like, that'd be great. So I invited him. And then my husband got a little jealous because he wasn't going to have anything to do. And his brother was in town. And I think he felt bad. So he's like, okay, I'll come too. Well, it was Greasy Strangler. <laughs> <laughs> and... It, it did not go over well with one of the three of my party. My my husband just, he, he couldn't grasp the concept that why would we want to sit through such an absurd, fucked up, gross movie? He's like, I don't get, I'm like, well, you know, I loved it. Um, I, I, I really did too. And I didn't think I was going to. I'm so glad you did like it because I would feel, not personally, but I just would feel so bad that you that you didn't get the joy that I get when I watch it. So, you know, it's, like I it's can't, such a I can't enjoy Mandy. I can barely enjoy Midsummer. I can enjoy Midsummer <laughs> for what it is. Right. But the Greasy Strangler is it's so good. And I can't call it a stupid movie because I believe that every single scene that they shot, every joke that they did was 100% on purpose. Yeah, that oh, absolutely. None of it was funny because it was so bad it was no this is what it was we're very doing. intentional yeah and you very can tell every scene the the actors were great michael st michael's who's also michael rapaport uh-huh. which is not the same michael rapaport that <laughs> i know that, not that michael rapaport but um, yeah. it's it, it's just purposeful so I, I told my friend i'm like look y- you are going to like it because there's scenes in there that i'm telling you you're just gonna like and christina hates absurd movies greener grass we both could not have hated more than anything in the world. And I was worried that it was going to be like Greener Grass. And it's not. I don't know. Have you seen Greener Grass? No, but I remember that. What, what... That is, it's, it's an absurdist comedy about basically this, all, the, uh, all these people in the suburbs. And this one woman basically dealing with all these weird situations in the suburbs. Her kid turns into a dog she has a baby and her best friend wants to borrow the baby so she just gives it to her and then she wants to get her baby back like it's it's all just absurd absurdist for the humor for sake of being absurd yes okay and it was um, based off of um, youtube videos where they did these shorts which were basically every scene in the movie where they were just these like 5 minute shorts and as 5 minute shorts they work right but not as a film not as a film and okay. it just didn't work for me so I was worried that the Greasy Strangler was going to be like that, but it's not. It's How good. How Christina feel about the Greasy Strangler? So she didn't want to like it. When we left, she's like, this is stupid, this is stupid. By the next day, we were quoting the movie. 
Yes, and that's how it gets you. Yeah, that and is it's how and it gets she's. You. I know that if I turned it on, Cootie she'd probably <laughs> yeah, she'd probably sit down and watch it. Okay. Like it's because it's 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 just not bad. So I, I think and the characters not, are kind of lovable. They are. I mean, in a weird way, not always. There's one Ronnie. character who gets it in the end who I still think is a deplorable human being, and she is. Yes. There's nothing redeemable about her. Right, and I agree with that too. <laughs> And I found it so confusing because for a minute you think it's going to be okay. <laughs> yes. And that, that hurt my heart. I was just like, no, where are you? Stop. My you can't do that. That's not allowed. My favorite line in the entire movie is, am I doing it right, Janet? Am I doing it right? I'm doing it. Am I doing it right? <laughs> and I, I was laughing so hard I couldn't laugh anymore. I know. And it was just silence coming out because like, I just like air pushing out yeah, of you because I just couldn't laugh it was so <laughs> good um but okay. yeah so so that's gonna be fun and that's kind of what I hope for for the sleepover keep us all awake keep us laughing and just enjoying because like it, oh, that would be amazing yeah it'd be awesome but I'm she's gonna pick something awesome and amazing it will be something completely different that I have never thought of and I'm looking forward to that but there's something else you didn't bring up and I'm just going to say it, because the Kickstarter should have been out today. Right. You're in a movie. I You're going to be. in a movie. And you know, it's really weird. I never think to bring that up. Like, I never would have thought to bring that up. But you are correct. I, and I'm going to just go ahead and say it to your daughter. That's true. Um, we are going to be filming a short horror, I guess, a horror short. Why did I say that backwards? <laughs> a short horror short. <laughs> yeah, that made no sense. A horror short. We don't know how short um, it's going to be yet. We haven't we haven't filmed it yet. Right. I say um, we, but you guys. I think have. I think the idea is maybe ten minutes. Is what I was told, but again, who knows? Um, but yeah, it it should be interesting because I I know this is going to come as a surprise to many of you. I'm not an actress, but. I was asked, I was actually told that this part was written especially for me. It is not a starring role. Don't anybody get excited. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be... I mean, there's four characters. I wouldn't call it a non-starring role. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I'm a quarter, we'll yeah. say, of, of the lines, you know, which, shoot, that, that's pretty awesome. Um, I am very excited. I know that this, um, I know that the story is a very personal one. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see how that all kind of plays out, but I'm really hoping that we can pull off the, the creep factor. Like, I don't think you'll have a problem with I that. Know, right. Not you specifically, because right. your character's not really creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be called Our First Priority. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, my daughter is going to be in it. Um, it's, it's going to be super fun. We're filming mm -hmm. in June. I say we, I'll be there because she needs a chaperone and I'll be apparently the craft services person. <laughs> um, which will amount to grabbing the food and bringing it back. Time to eat. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited. And, um, there's been a lot of people that have been super supportive. The Kickstarter, I, I would imagine by the time this gets released, the Kickstarter will be out there. Yes. And so, we will, we will put that up on all of our social medias. I would imagine once that, which I haven't been super social media e lately, but I will get better about that. But um, Neither have I. I'm terrible. All of our at it. all of our four fans who see <laughs> the post will see the Kickstarter, and, and as that's well. the thing. You know, so, you know um, that's fine. Yeah, it's it, it it's going to be fun. I'm 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 really excited. Uh, I'm I'm going to talk to her about um, seeing if uh, 
I could do Rob Paints the Movies from the set. When, oh, where, which that would be, would be amazing. Cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I was going to ask her about that. So surprise to her if I haven't talked to her about this. Until, <laughs> um, surprise everyone. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's a pretty big thing. And then... Yeah, you know what? This... It is a big thing, and I just, I've been so quiet about it because I was waiting for the Kickstarter, and I was waiting for kind of like the official go-ahead. Right. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's just time. I think we just need to go ahead and put it out there and see what happens. Cause... Yeah. I mean, the, the Instagram's out there, so yes. go look up our first priority. Um, you can also look up Ariel Basca. Um, she's, uh, I think, Just Ask Basca? Just, or... Is it Basca? Just or... Ask a Basca? I think it's... Basket. I think I think it's her last name. But but also you can um she has a podcast and a nonprofit called Ride the Omnibus. She you does. Can, you can find her there too. Yep. Uh, she's yeah. also part of uh, the magazine Ghouls Ghouls Ghouls. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we're giving her shameless plugs because she's she's the driving force behind this. Yes. She's the writer and director, um, and effectively producer. So we're uh, we're excited to be supporting her. And I know my daughter especially uh, is super excited. Yes. Um, and, uh, soon, uh, we'll also have your interview series start starting up, right? Yes. I, um, I want to, to apologize, not apologize, but we had brought that up before and I just keep forgetting to set up the interview, but I want to start a series to focus on some of the local artists that we have here in Winchester. Um, I've already talked to our friend of the podcast, Shara Valentine, mm -hmm. and she has agreed to be my first interview. Um, I want to talk with her about her mad knitting skills and, and baby, you know, get into that. I, I don't want to ruin it now. So next time I, I thought it would be fun if we talked about local horror stuff. We've mentioned in the first podcast that, hey, we're going to do some local stuff. We haven't got around to it. So why don't we just do an entire episode of just ghost stories? I think that's great. That's, that's awesome. perfect. I'm going to... Um, actually take the time that we have in between to get out and now that we can move about a little bit more freely um, there are some places in Winchester I've been meaning to go oh neat um, I might not hit all of them but even if I just hit one or two like mm -hmm. even uh, Mount Hebron Cemetery is gorgeous and I would really like to know a little bit more history about that place because it's so pretty and I pass it every day on my way to work um, I wonder if we should record outside it, somewhere or something. Get like a campfire going. That'd be fun. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Crack the camp. I have a fire pit. You do? I do. We could we could record we could around the fire pit. Yeah, that'll I mean, be great for recording. And I'll be like, we can barely hear you guys. We just hear a roaring campfire. Crack, crack, crack. Well, it's uh, like, uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's like, are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, what, we what could do that. Doing? Could totally yeah. do that. That'd be fun. Um, but yeah, that would be lovely. And Winchester is. Um, has a rich history, and I think there's probably a lot of haunted things. So. Oh, uh, there are, yeah. and uh, I'm looking forward to at least one story uh, that I really want to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, cool. So I guess until next time. I guess that's it. Cool. Well, that's it for our show. Tune in next time. So until then, it's time to say good die for now. Follow us at all the ats. Facebook at the Fright Stuff Pod. Instagram at the Fright Stuff Podcast or Twitter at The Fright Stuff. We even have an email address, thefrightstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Sharing is scaring. Tell us what you're watching, what you want to hear, your scary stories, whatever curls your toes. Who knows? Maybe your comments will end up on a future show. Until next time, stay weird, Winchester.